Welcome to the Signal Fire series, a limited series of conversations, just as fire can be set as a signal that can be seen from the distance for others to find their way. So too can our stories be a beacon for those who need a little inspiration to get unstuck or a little courage to take a different path. I'm Keshni Washington, and I'm a writer based in DC. Today we're talking writing, filmmaking, and why it's never too late to follow your passion. My guest today is Yvette Walters, who by day works a full-time job as a customer service representative. And in her spare time, her alter ego, Caramel Jones, is a writer and filmmaker. She's also a mom and a grandmother, self-published three books, including The Neighbor and The Twisted Dreams series, and now is taking on filmmaking with a goal to pitch to Netflix. She's already premiered a short film at the sixth annual Five Shorts Project in Philadelphia. Welcome, Caramel. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so inspired by your journey, and I wanted to know how this all started. How, why, where, what were you wearing? How did this happen? The writing journey, it came out of nowhere for me. Prior to 2013, I had no desire to write books poetry, anything. I had changed the job. I had been with this job for quite a while. Unfortunately, I had to leave that and start a new adventure. So starting fresh and a new field, it was stressful for me. It was one night I was asleep and I think we had just had a blackout in our block. So the lights were out. So it was no TV, no radio, no nothing. And I was just laying there listening to the rain. And I was like, what if I wrote a book? And you know, you say these things to yourself and then you laugh and be like, girl, kiss, come on, go ahead, go to sleep. But then it stayed with me. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, yeah, I should just write a book. But what I'm going to write a book about? Like, if what I write, is anybody going to be interested in anything that I have to say? So I thought about it. I came up with an idea. Once I came up with the idea, everything just started flowing. And I was writing everything down. And I was like, well, before I go any further with this, let me pitch it to my friend. I have a group of girlfriends who are amazing. They're the type of friends that if you come in with something and if it's no good or it's bad, they'll tell you. They're not going to feed your ego and be like, oh, that's good, yeah, and it really stinks. When I got to work that day, I sent out an email to them. I was like, hey, y'all, I'm thinking about writing a book, and this is my idea. What do y'all think? They was like, sounds good. I was like, I need name of characters. So they sent me names, and from that, I picked names. Once I started creating the story, I started sending it to them. And they was like, Yvette, this is really, really good. And that was for Twisted Dreams. It took me approximately between working and regular home life. I want to say it took me three months to complete Twisted Dream. And that was writing every day, nonstop. I would come home from work, do what I had to do, and go right into writing. And sometimes I would be up until two, three o'clock in the morning writing. It was there, and I just felt like I had to get the story out. It felt like it didn't let me stop. So I just kept doing it until I got it done. But once I got it done, then I was nervous. You know, that, that fear sets in. You give it to somebody to read outside of your circle and your family, what are they going to think? They're going to laugh at you like, oh, this is garbage. Like, why did you even attempt this? So I wrote another story. I wrote a short story, The Neighbor. I wrote that in seven days and I put it together and I had a ladies night. (laughs) And I invited my girlfriends over for food and drink. And I told them, well, this is a story that I wrote that I want to publish before I put out Twisted Dreams, just to to get a feel for if anybody will be interested in what I have to say. The neighbor, there's maybe 12 chapters. They read it. Everybody picked the chapter and read it and they loved it. And they was like, okay, so what else you got? (laughs) I'm like, I don't have nothing else right now. This is it. But I told them I wanted to self-publish it and 
I did. I had a little book signing. It turned out really good. It wasn't perfect. Self-publishing is really hard. And at that time, I didn't know anything about anything. So pretty much everything I did on my own with the help of my family and friends. We did the editing, me and my husband, some of my girlfriends. But even with all of our eyes on it, because we knew the story, a lot of stuff still got missed. But that didn't prevent people from understanding and enjoying the storytelling that I gave them. That made me feel good, but I figured when I did Twisted Dreams, I wanted to do it right and make it perfect. I set out on a venture to do that, which taught me a lot of life lessons with <laughs> dealing with people who say that they're publishers and they've written books and they can help you and then come to find out that they really don't. But that yeah. definitely was a lesson learned. So you just woke up one day with the news whispering in your ear <laughs> and, um, and you just set off on this journey and you'd never done any writing before? No, but I have, oh. I, always, I do have a creative side. I'm a licensed cosmetologist, currently retired. I can paint, sew, I can crochet, I can remodel a bathroom. Like I have the creativity, <laughs> <laughs> but it just comes out in different forms. And I guess this is another way of it coming out. Wow, it's just spilling out of you, Carol. <laughs> when you're creative, it doesn't matter, I think, whatever form it is. I think you can probably pick up, as you said, just about anything and make something of it and figure it out. So you just figured it out and you did it. And it's, it's lovely about your supportive girlfriends and how you got them all involved. I'm sure they feel a sense of ownership of the book and of, of this process and of your success. That's amazing. Yes, they're very proud of me. And between them and my family, it keeps me going. I felt this way before as well. Like there's a, a kind of a structure and then this kind of flow to writing where mm -hmm. it has to have chapters. It has to be like the beginning, the middle and the end of the story. And you have to set up some characters and then stuff happens to them. Obstacles come in their way. And then at the end, something gets resolved one way or the other. They learn something, they lose something, they win something. So we all know kind of the basic structure of a story. But in another sense, there's this flow part of writing, which is very mysterious. It's like you said, you, there was something inside you that had to come out mm -hmm. and you have to kind of flow with it when it's there. And, and it almost feels like you're channeling something, like it's, it's coming through you almost <laughs> in a way. And sometimes you like look back and I'm sure you've experienced this. You're like, how did I come up with all that stuff? Yes, the story is being created as I write. My characters' personalities, I draw from people that I know, but my characters are also made up. Like, I can see my characters in my head. Like, they talk to me. And when I say that, people be like, they talk to you? Yes, they talk to me. <laughs> and as I write, it may be like, mm -mm, no, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, yeah, she wouldn't do that. And then I'll go back and then I'll do it over. And it's like, yep, that's perfect. That's exactly what she would do or what he would say or how they would react. Yes, I have the same experience. It's um, my, my first novel is a fictional town. Well, it's set in Johannesburg, but it's a town of fictional characters. They become so real. So sometimes I say I'm like walking around with a town in my head of, that doesn't <laughs> exist in reality. And the first time my sister, I let her beta read it for me. After she read it, she was able to say, oh, and when Becca did this and when this person did that, I'm like, 
wow, the town is not inside my head anymore. Somebody else knows these people. <laughs> so it's a very strange, weird, and special thing to be able to be a creative and to be able to be a writer. It's a very special mm -hmm. thing. I, I see you have a very supportive group of people around you, which is such a blessing. Did anybody ever say to you, oh, what are you doing now? It's too late to do this. So aren't you too tired to do this after your day job? Or if not, like, what would you say to somebody who said that to you? It's too late for you to try something like this. Well, I, I did get a lot of that. Be like, well, you, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm writing. To anybody that is starting this process or wanting to start this process or go on this journey, I would say just, just do it. Just start it. And then once you start it, you will find the time, make time to do it, whether it's in the morning, at lunchtime, at night. And I've also learned that you can talk. One of my girlfriends told me you can talk into your phone, text it out. So I've learned how to do that too. Yes. Yeah. So you, you'll be able to find the time and make the time to get it done. That's, that's great advice. You kind of have to fit it into your day. I'm sure you have a very busy life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Between work, your kids, your grandkids. There's mm -hmm. no big leisure time that you just had all this time lying around in spades and you just was like, oh, what shall I do with it, right? Yes, yes. Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked in a doctor's office and in between patients or when we had downtime, I would pull up my Word document and I would go. <laughs> in between checking patients in and out, <laughs> I would be typing. <laughs> That's what actually really inspired me when I saw your story, when I came across you. I think it's a combination of procrastination, but also, mm -hmm. you know, self-doubt in a way. Self-doubt mm -hmm. masks itself in procrastination, I find. And then I, you know, I want to try it, but then I'll go do the laundry and you kind mm -hmm. of just have to sit down and make yourself do it. And once you do it, then you're in the flow and you're in the zone and you're able to produce something and surprise yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you surprised yourself as well with what came out. Yes, I did. Because, And that's one thing I didn't experience because I'm a, I'm a big procrastinator. I will start it and be like, like you said, the phone, look at the phone. I'm online reading a story or I'm flicking the TV, looking at something on TV. But with Twisted Dreams, the procrastination didn't set in at all. It was just like, boom, it was just like, you just go. I just sit down and I would go. It made me feel proud. Like you did this, you completed it, started something, and I completed it within the time frame that I gave myself. So that was really big for me. So who has inspired you? Who has given you some of these tools? I know you didn't formally learn writing, but there's... Mm -hmm. There's skills and tools that you have as a person that you were able to use things to be committed, to be dedicated, all of the things that it took to do the things that you have been doing. They definitely came from my mom. I recently lost my mom this year in February. So it's hard, you know, my mom and my grandma, both of them are creatives. My mom um, sewed. She sewed, she crocheted. And the, the crazy thing about them is that my mom could sew without patterns. So she would make and, and you'd be like, what pattern did you use? Oh, I just made this, just put it together ah. myself. And my grandma was the same way. You know, my mom was a single parent until she met my dad. Now I probably was like about 11. She was a hard worker. She was driven. You know, she, I don't know, she was just amazing. A lot of who I am come because when she said do something, she, does it. she doesn't let anybody stand in her way. She doesn't let nothing deter her goal or what her end game is. And she does what she had to do to get there. 
and she instilled that in me. Even when I started writing the book, you know, I, I let her read it for Twisted Dreams. I think I made her did like the first five chapters and she read it and she just looked at me like, this is really good. She's like, I can see these people in my head. My mom was like a big support pushing me, making sure that I followed through on this because she saw that this can be something big for me because it came so natural. Like I said, I never did anything. School, writing a paper, <laughs> be last minute, 10 minutes before class start, I'm trying to write a paper for class. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry to hear that you lost your mom, but I'm so glad that she got a chance to be able to see you produce some of these works, to see what mm-hmm. her daughter was capable of and see you like go down in a different path in your life as well and anyone even that I, I feel that says that they're not creative or that feels that they don't, don't have a talent I always kind of want to say to them look back in your family tree somebody mm-hmm. somewhere had a talent <laughs> if it wasn't your mom it was your grandma or look further if you need to but mm-hmm. somebody somewhere made something and tried something and risked something to mm-hmm. to set your family to be wherever they are now. It, it all is in there in your gene pool somewhere. And <laughs> maybe get some inspiration from it because I, I do believe everybody is creative. And it's mm-hmm. a wonderful blessing that you've got this kind of gift in your gene pool from your grandma and your mom. That's, that's yeah, my place. grandma, my aunt, my mom, my great aunt, my great aunt was a hairstylist. So it's like, it's, it's throughout the family, the creativity that I threw your hands, no matter what it is. So I think if mine is in my hands, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, creativity is something like see, the ability to see something that, you know, is not there and to make it real. Yeah. Or to just trust yourself. Like, I'm curious about this. So I'm going to follow this thread. I'm going to pull on it and pull on it. It's leading me somewhere. I'm sure it's the same even if you're a hairstylist. You have this vision. You're able to take what you have and create something better or something more. It's all kind of yeah. a similar ability, I think, whatever the, the type of creativity is. What was one of your most challenging moments, whether it be internal or external, that taught you something that helped you on this journey or helped you be brave enough to do this? Like I'm my big, biggest critic. I criticize everything about myself, whether it's my hair, my clothes, my look, and the same thing with my work. Like I criticize everything and I had to learn how to not do that. Just do it, step back, enjoy it and embrace it and be proud of it. So that was the biggest thing for me and I'm getting better with that. (laughs) I don't think there's a single person who doesn't face that, whatever aspect of their life it is. From mm-hmm. exercising to dating to <laughs> a career, yes. least of all when it comes to actually trying to write a book. With writers, they sometimes they call it this imposter syndrome, where we say, you know, who do you think you are to do this? To ourselves. <laughs> right, right. To ourselves. We're like, what makes you think you're a good writer? You know? I think what you did is you used the sense of accomplishment from from actually, like you said, setting up these goals and then completing it, being dedicated to it, sticking to it every day, making it a routine is essentially what you did because you were like, I come home, I'm going to do this. And you stuck to your routine until it was accomplished. And just doing that gave you a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. You Definitely you did. You didn't let yourself down. You stuck to your own plan and you were able to achieve something and whether it was, you know, people liked it as in your own words, whether people liked it or not afterwards was almost secondary 
because you did it for yourself, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> yes, it is. It it's is. very cool. Very inspiring. Very gratifying. Very That's the reason gratifying. why I'm talking to you today. <laughs> <laughs> how did you move from writing to filmmaking? And how did you get some help with this? You've been involved in a cool project in Philly, right? Yeah. In the back of my mind, as I was writing out Twisted Dreams, this could be a movie. As I was writing it, I could see it. And then to hear other people tell me when they read my book, they could see it. I had a friend, a friend of mine had a, a cousin who does videos that shot videos. So I was like, perfect. I said, but first I need to figure out if I can do a film. I was like, because you have to write a script, something mm -hmm. I've never done before. So I took a stab at it. I wrote a short film, gave it to my girlfriend and said, this is what we want to do. <laughs> something else I just did on just a whim. took a stab at it, wrote just a script. <laughs> Like, how hard can this be? People do this all the time. And it, it came out pretty good. It was the hottest day of the year. We was outside where I live at. But it turned out good. It turned out good. It's not as easy as you think because it takes all day to shoot one scene. After do you cost I did your that, friends and family? Yes. Yes, I okay. do. So you're going to put the time and effort in, the same time and effort in that I'm putting in. You're, and you're going to understand the importance of it. After I did the short film, I was like, oh, this is decent. I said, let's see how this turns out. My girlfriend asked to interview me at her little pop-up interview thing. And I went to the interview. I was interviewed for Twisted Dreams. And there was a young lady there by the name of Shamika who had a project called Five Short. Me and my daughter were sitting there. And when she got up to talk and she started talking about what they do, that they help people create short films. And then they do a big premiere. I said, this is where I need to be. So I went and I talked to her. I think I gave her, she bought a copy of one of my books. And the following week, they were having a premiere for their season five, five short. And I saw some of the films. This is it. This is where I need to be at. I need to be a part of this. Um, when they had their open submissions, I had submitted. Now, I think I may have took some, a few classes that she gave on how to write a script. Because I figured that was important if I wanted to yeah. do a film. <laughs> so... <laughs> I took her class for that, and she was um, mentioning that they were going to do a, a play. They want to do a five shorts play project. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I said, I'm not interested in that. I said, I, I'm interested in the film. Then I think two weeks later, she, I got another email that somebody had dropped out or couldn't do it. So she asked, was I still interested? I was like, yes. This is like, to this write a play. play. This was to do a play. Wasn't my... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my regular thing what I was looking for but I was like this at least will give me the what I need to be able to write a script to be able to direct people to be able to look and see what I wanted so I wrote my first stage play it was a hit it was called Secrets and then for doing the plays the films came up so I did my submission for films and my submission for my short film was based on my book Twisted Dreams mm -hmm. so I figured I can use the short film for Twisted Dreams as a, when you go to pitch to Netflix or whoever, mm -hmm. it was all, I was all over the place. I <laughs> did a play, now I'm doing a film, but the Five Shorts Project has been amazing for me. Um, Shamika Sawyer is the owner. This year I'm part of it for season seven. We have 11 people making short films and she's broadening it outside of the Philadelphia area. I'm usually not this talkative, but I have learned that in order for people to know who you are and what you do, you have to tell them because mm -hmm. they can't look at you and figure it out. So. Yeah. <laughs>
So Shamika has, she has pushed me. She's been a, a big supporter and I've learned a lot from her too. Sounds like an amazing program. So you said they're expanding beyond Philadelphia? Yes, Chicago, Jersey, and I think it's one other person out of state part of our class. And right now we're doing everything online just because of mm -hmm. everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. But anybody, and you don't have to know anything about film, as you know, you know anything. <laughs> <laughs> from scratch, teaching you everything. That's brilliant. Everything behind the scenes for filming, production, directing, they help you um, with everything all the way up until the end. They help you find people to work on your set. They help you find your actors if you don't already have them. It's, it's great. It's like the best thing since life bread. What do you feel are like the most important things you need to have to make a film? Obviously, the skills you can learn. I mean, honestly, I think you just have to have the desire to mm -hmm. want to try it or do it and then learn in the process. If you have a desire to do something, then you're going to put everything into it. Like you said, the desire is a big deal. The commitment to seeing it through and to making the most of it. Then just the openness to learn, right? You didn't know any of these things before you did them, but you were really open to learn. They say when the student is ready, the teacher will find you, right? So, <laughs> so you're like, mm, I'm going to make a film. And then Five Shots Project comes along. Yes. <laughs> and the, your teachers found you along the way. I know you say you write stories about like everyday characters with a twist. So you yes. tell us a little bit about that. Twisted Dreams, it's a, it's a love story. But what I wanted to do was to put a spin on it. So most of the books that I've read or, you know, my friends read because of our culture being African-American, it's the same old thing. The guys are drug dealers. The girls are strippers. It's just the norm. But outside of that perceived normal, you have people who have issues going on in their life, but they go to work every day. They have a nine to five or they have money. The people in my book, they're, they're exuberantly rich. Like they have money. They have companies all over the world. But <laughs> I figured those people have issues too. And sometimes their issues are the same as your regular everyday people, but just on a broader scale, Twisted Dreams. I figured if I'm going to write a book, then I'm going to write it a little bit different about us as a Black culture. Mm -hmm. We need to see this side too, because we are capable of doing other things and still have stuff going on in our lives that you'll be like, oh my God, what in the world? And I draw every time I feel like it's getting too comfortable or normal, then I was like, oh, I need to fill something else and go another way. So, yeah. <laughs> Writers have to be a little bit, you have to cause pain. <laughs> so you have a, a, lead, a protagonist, a character, <laughs> and then you throw stuff at them. Problems, usually, like bigger and bigger problems. And then the story mm -hmm. is moves, that's how you move through the story as they kind of have to climb over all these big obstacles that the writer keeps throwing at them in their life, right. basically, <laughs> which is uh, kind of funny because you seem like a perfectly nice person and, <laughs> and I'm a perfectly nice person too, but yeah, I'm, I'm always like, okay, so how can I create a problem here for this person? Yes. Now, Caramel is the problem maker. Yvette is the sweet, nice little girl. Caramel is the problem maker. Caramel Jones. I like that. I should, I should get an alter ego name, too, a pen name, too. <laughs> I also want to touch upon something you said that that's really important about stereotypes, how people are portrayed, especially people of color, especially black people, change the narrative and change what's out there. That's important, mm -hmm. especially in light of everything that's going on in the U.S. at the moment. 
I'm sure you agree with me that there's really a huge importance for diverse voices, for voices of people of color to be out there in books and movies, and we need to get more people doing this. How much do you see of your peer group being involved in this? And do you think there's room for more? It definitely is room for more. One thing I have learned as when I became part of the Five Shorts program, things that need to be put in place to make it bigger, to let them know that outside of the norm, and we have stories to tell, and our stories are just as good as the other people. I don't know. It's a lot that needs done for the playing field to be level. I don't know if it'll ever be level, but I'm definitely going to try to do my to try to help level it out. We shouldn't always have to be subjected to just self-publish our book. I think there's so much value in you being a role model. Actually, I know that's not maybe at all what you started thinking when you were doing it at all. You were just like, I got the story. I got to get it out. But just your example of, of getting out there and doing it gives others like a tacit permission that they can do it too. And that's, you know, basically what a role model means. Um, my oldest grandson just turned 10 and then I have another grandson who is seven. They get it, but I don't think they, they get it. They know grandmama's written book. My mom did a film. She did a play. <laughs> and it's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that's pretty much it. But um, I have three children. I have two daughters and a son. They get it. They're proud. And they've been a big support and an inspiration to me, too, especially my, my oldest child, uh, my daughter. She's like, Mommy, whatever you decide to do, just do it. You set your mind to it. Do it. We're here to support you 100%. I don't know. I'm just lucky. I'm very lucky to have a good support system because I think without a support system, I wouldn't have gotten this far. And I always said to myself, after... I went through the first initial phase of my journey that I would help anybody that wanted to write a book or just wanted information about writing. Anytime anybody asks me anything about writing, answer it. Like give them as much knowledge as I can because I felt like if I'd have had that, then some things wouldn't have been as hard for me because I had a lot of struggles, you know. Yeah, but it would have made it easier. Yeah, but it definitely was a learning process. So I definitely would try to help the next person to make it easier for them, make that one less hurdle they have to do. That would be my give back. I know you also have a website and you're on social media and Instagram and a couple mm -hmm. of those places. I'll definitely throw up those links on my blog page as well so people can find you and learn mm -hmm. a bit more about your story, buy your books and drop you their questions. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm the same. I'm the same. If anybody reaches out to me, I try to encourage them and try to share whatever I know. Yeah. There's no reason to hoard knowledge. Right. There's nobody who can like really copy your work. You're unique. You're a work of art yourself. Your art is your own and will never be somebody else will never be able to produce exactly what you produce. And that's the beauty right. of it. There is so much room for, I believe, for every single person who wants to write a book, wants to make a film. There's, there's mm -hmm. lots of space for all of their stories out there. So there's no reason to hoard any knowledge of how to, how to be yeah, everybody's voice. Everybody's voice is different and everybody has a different story to tell, even though it may seem like, oh, I've heard this before, but you haven't heard me tell you it. You know, my spin on it would be completely different. Your twist on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love the name. It's a great name for a series because it's very intriguing. 
Is there one piece of advice? I would say just do it. It's never too late to try anything. And I'm definitely proof of that. It's never too late. You won't know unless you try. Somebody famous once said, everything you want is on the other side of fear. If you're able to do it, take the fear along with you in the car, don't let it drive. But, uh, <laughs> right. And have fun along the way with your girlfriends. That's an awesome way to do something. <laughs> yes, and they've been beside me. They're waiting now. Once the world opens back up, we will be having a premiere. My film Twisted Dreams will premiere. Some of my friends are in it. My brother is in it, my daughter. Congratulations, Caramella. You're really an inspiration. And what a beautiful gift to your family to, and your friends to involve them in this creative process. It just yeah. makes it so much more meaning. Thank you, thank you so much. Find more information about author and filmmaker Caramel Jones on my website blog, www.keshniwashington.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Signal Fire series.